When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. A mid preseason, pre preseason podcast from the view from the ninny. And as so much has happened in the time that we decided to take a bit of a break for the off season, that we thought we'd come back and drop a little new manager special for you. I'm joined by Tom Phillips and Ben Price. Tom, I've awoken you from your summer slumber. Are you excited for doing this podcast? Oh, absolutely buzzing, mate. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, no problem. Ben, can I ask the same question to you? Are you are you raring to go already? This is, I guess, our, our first pre-season escapade, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'm ready to come back and talk about it again. I'm not too sure. Well, I mean, we've got the next hour. Let's let's see what happens. Let's see how we go. Um, and obviously, the main reason we're back is that Cardiff City have announced a new manager, um, Errol Bullet. Uh, a um, Turkish manager who has previously managed teams like Fenerbahce. Uh, he's managed Gaziantep. He's managed Alanya Sport um, in his native Turkey. And he's making the big step over to the championship to take over at Cardiff City. Um, there was a lot of talk, a lot of names mentioned, uh, a lot of seemingly interference. We saw people like Oscar Garcia, Nathan Jones, Kampeosh. A lot of these people were mentioned. And it was a bit of a shock, really, that we did hire Errol. Um, you know, we've seen our chairman, our, our, our CEOs going big on who this new manager is. But I guess the first question that I'll come to you on, Ben, is does Errol excite you? I think so. I mean, we were just, just we were saying off here, I think the hard thing is... We don't know anything about him. Like he could excite, he could be brilliant, he could be the next mastermind of everything. Like takes to new heights. He also could be a complete disaster. I don't know, and I think that's probably what excites me more is the unknown. Yeah, um, Tom. I think you know we had a lot of people saying let's get a new podcast out, all this kind of stuff. I said to a lot of people that we need to really do some understanding on who the fuck this guy is because none of us have heard of him. What have you learned about Errol since his hire? Oh, thanks for throwing me into that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can say not nothing because I haven't learned much. Yeah. No, not a lot. I think I've done a little bit of like reading around it and stuff. It's a pity to be doing this a week before I could, I'm going to Turkey. I could ask the locals then, but um, I don't know. I, there's not much about him. He's at Fenerbahce. It seemed to go okay, but not good enough for a lot of their fans. He hasn't been a disaster anyway, which is great. He's got a career as a player where he's gone all around the place as well. And I think that's what excites me a little bit. He's played plenty of football. He's been at big clubs. 
And to be honest, it's quite nice having a manager that I don't know anything about, you know, rather than going into it knowing that he was a PE teacher in East London or something like that, like some of our past people. It's quite exciting to have someone that's like from abroad. And and I know that's quite a simple way of looking at it, but that's all you want sometimes as fans. It's like, oh, this is exciting. You might sign a player I've never heard of from the Greek second league or something like that. And it's just... I don't know, it is quite exciting, the fact of not knowing. It could turn very, very quickly if we lose five games in a row, but at the moment, I am very excited by it. Ben, uh, you know, there were a lot of names mentioned. Um, as I understand it, there was an extensive shortlist that had, if you believe reports, people like the US national team manager on there, Greg Behalter, all the way down to people like Nathan Jones. Um I guess the, the the question is the answer. The question for you is: is he's better than some of the alternatives, isn't he? You know, when you talk about someone like Nathan Jones, Nathan Jones would come in and probably blow the place up before he got any success. We could have gone cheap again with someone like Bamba and Tom Ramasut, perhaps someone like him who seems like the right middle ground, who's got experience in other leagues, seems to have a, played in a lot of places. It feels like a good fit, doesn't it? It feels like a really well thought out, well judged decision. Uh-huh. And this is why I'm very skeptical. <laughs> it's easy be going. I oh, know they've they've looked into this. This makes sense. It's not a rushed appointment. They've had what I think seems to be the longest shortlist in football history. Yep. But um, yeah, everything. And it's not like he he's an unknown to them as well. From what I got from the press conferences, that they tried to bring him in a while back, mm-hmm. uh, but he went to Fenerbahce. I said I think it was. He was under consideration when I'm guessing it was when either Neil Harris or McCarthy got the job. So he's clearly been sort of on the radar for a while. So yeah, they've not got any excuses for this one. They had to rush it or the usual stuff they'd sort of trail trail out. Um, I, I I've taken I've taken it upon myself to do some reading. Um, Glenn Williams, uh, the esteemed Glenn Williams, has written a. Uh, it's not Glenn Williams, it's Tom Coleman. I read the wrong name. Glenn Williams is always esteemed, always does good work. Um, has written a piece about the kind of style he employs when he plays. Um, from, from, from the article, it basically says that it's all based around a rock-solid defensive fundamentals. There's aggressive pressing. Um, we create His teams create a lot of chances and a lot of shots per game. We um, play on the counter-attack, hitting them in transitions. Um, he, he, he's taken teams, Tom, who were kind of, not as high level as 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 you'd expect. Taken to the the Turkish Cup final, taken them to the verge of Europe. Um, the, the, it sounds like from the way he plays, Tom, almost like a really good fit. We you know under under Warnock, it was all about that kind of defensive fundamentals being right. We we create a lot of chances despite having low possession. So, you know, Ben says it's well thought out move. Even from that level of things, Tom, it sounds like it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, we've gone back to what we know best, and I think. It does make complete sense because with that kind of style, you don't spend a lot of money on players either. You're trying to get the best of the squad you've got. And, you know, we haven't been doing that for the last season or two. You know, we've been quite, I don't know, not quite pushovers because we haven't really been hammered by teams, but like we've looked out of it. We've lost a bit of the edge, haven't we? We have lost that edge. And I think when you said there about like high pressing, you know, high energy, and that's, you know, as a club, that's what we kind of enjoy. And that's what we really kind of like, I don't know, that's what people thought of Cardiff. And we've really moved away from that. We've become a little bit of a light touch. So I think having that kind of grit determination back in our club, will really get the fans galvanised. I think it's quite a shrewd move. So, yeah, I think it it makes complete sense, to be honest with you, because we're not like, 
some other clubs where we're demanding, you know, 70% football, you know, passing it across the back. We never have been, you know, under you Marky Bukai. You want results. Yeah, exactly. Like, even when we were winning under Marky Bukai, we had some people saying, oh, I'm a bit bored of winning 1-0. Well, I'm not bored of winning 1-0. I'd love to win 1-0 quite a lot next season. So having a, an appointment like this, it works perfectly for me. Um, ben, from the same article, um, it talks about that the Bullet seems to favour a kind of 4-2-3-1 formation. Um that kind of fits in with the way we've been playing over the last couple of years. Um, you know, whether it's wingers or, or, or um, kind of number tens, false nines, all that kind of good stuff. Um, does that excite you that it kind of it feels like a good fit from a formation point of view? But he'll take us back to those fundamentals. Yeah, look, I think some of the players we sort of wanted to see get the most out of. I think playing that where five midfields getting music to um, Ruben Colwell's ears because he likes to play the centre attacking mid. And that's where Ruben thrives. I think he likes to bring you through as well, which is always good. So, yeah, um, it's a squad that I think would work really well with it. It does leave a couple of question marks on certain players, like where's the future life for Perry NG? Because I don't think he works as a centre-back in a two. Mm-hmm. Um, does he then become like your standard right-back again? Where does he go from there? But for the most part, yeah, I think it suits the squad very well. Um, there's also been... Uh, Tom, some interesting dynamics at play here. Um, obviously, you've talked about the press conference already. Um, you know, Ken Chu, Errol, Dalman, they all look like they were the cats who had got the cream. Um, you know, they, they've it, it feels like a Dalman appointment. We'll talk more about that shortly. Um, it feels like a Dalman appointment. It feels like a Dalman-led appointment. And they were talking about this, you know, giving it the big talk, shall we say, about season ticket sales, a couple of announcements that are coming that way. Um does that make you more nervous about this because it feels like the pressure's ramping up, or does it? Is it just nice to hear that kind of talk from a, a guy who's been increasingly absent over the last couple of years? I found it nice for about twenty minutes, I think, where I started to get a bit excited and going, "This is what I want to hear." It's great, and you know, it's not just a you know a horrible kind of monologue and talk sport where he's just going off on one. Yeah, but then I'm now nervous. Like part of me started to go. Oh, is he just trying to, you know, get another couple of season tickets, a couple of thousand season tickets done before the early early bird prices and stuff like that? But you know, they haven't done enough to build our trust at the moment for us to trust exactly what they're doing. But I think it is good to see both of them, you know, Kenju and and Mehmet sat there, kind of talking to the press, being open and honest with a manager that they seem happy with. You know, I'll take it as it is for now, and it, you know if it. The way they were hinting at it, there might be a signing coming in. Do I trust that we've got one lined up already? No, but for the moment, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and, and, and think that there is someone coming through the door very, very soon. Um, ben, on on further on the press conference and, and Dalman himself, um, obviously the the kind of Lamucci um, departure felt like very much a tan um, driven decision. Um, for whatever reason, they didn't get on. He didn't want to work with him anymore. This almost feels like very much like a Dalman appointment. Dalman's been fronting up about it. He was on Radio Wales. Um, he was at the press conference. He was there with Ken Chu. Um, obviously, we've still got the interesting dynamic at play. You know, Tan is the sole owner of the club. He's the sole kind of decision maker, it seems to be. But Dalman seems to be trying to, you know, wrestle back some control. Um, well, does that worry you even more about what Tan may think about Bullet? You know, does, does Dalman need to be more engaged now to kind of fight for Bullet's corner if Tan at some point doesn't like him anymore? I think the whole dynamic of that was one of the more interesting things to come out of the press conference. Sort of 
at times, Dalman seemed like a naughty schoolboy that got hold on the microphone and was saying silly things, <laughs> got very excited with himself. <laughs> and at other times, he was very sort of precise with his words and sort of like it. It was very, these certain digs were very structured. He knew what he was doing as if he sort of thought, right, I'm, I'm getting these in no matter what. And that was really telling that makes me think all's not well with that dynamic and that always makes mm. me worried. And you sort of go back to the announcement and stuff and he's sort of teasing up these big sign-ins. I'm really excited for those and everything. I know we'll talk about it a bit, but it then when you sort of see other bits and read between the lines and stuff, you go over, if you take sort of the way it was said it's just yeah it's a weird dynamic going on there at the moment things just not they don't seem to be communicating and then you've got Dalman admitting for 18 months he wasn't engaged he wasn't engaged basically basically phoned it in and then sort of very pointedly saying it's very difficult to do that when you've got a soul uh when it's a sole entity that owns the club but they're very pointed words and sort of saying look I've tried it very feels like he's saying I've tried, I've tried harder, it. but it's all on him. And then, yeah, he was he was really very clever with his word in there. Without outright saying it, I think a lot of people saw what he was coming at. Um, well, I think there's 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 a few t- questions from Twitter that we'll go into to talk more about the Dalman stuff. So we, we won't leave that there. We'll come back to it. Um, Tom, out of all the names that leaked, it was impressive that they managed to keep his name out of the out of the press, wasn't it? I think if you looked at the bookmakers' lists, every fucker was on there except this guy. Um, I think if you looked all the way down to the bottom, Kevin Phillips was at two million to ten thousand at one point to take over the job. That were the actual odds. Um, I don't know how they've calculated that, but <laughs> that's <laughs> what were there. Um, Kampayosh Garcia—they all made the list at some point. Nathan Jones was leading for a long time. It kind of jumped around a little bit. Um, should the club be praised for keeping this under wraps? It, it feels like they had a target in mind and they got him whilst not anything getting out there into the press. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, as a club, we've been very, very leaky for a long time, whether it be starting lineups or managers or signings. There's been various ways it's been done through Twitter, through forums, you know, and for once, nobody had a clue. And we've got plenty of people thinking that they did and hoping that they could put a name out then it would land. And to be honest with you, that would have worked in the past because a lot of the managers we've had in recent history have been very obvious ones. They've been tried and tested ones or they've come straight from, you know, being an assistant manager with us at the time. And yeah. so it's nice that we took our time. I think some fans are getting impatient saying that we need to get this sorted. I'm glad we took our time uh, on this time. Like, because, we, you know, it is off season. You know, we didn't rush into it. And it's great that we've got someone who's got pedigree elsewhere. And, you know, it's a fresh face. And so I, I think they should be praised for it. I think it's, it's kind of a brave decision in a way as well, because you could just go back to our usual pattern of going, you know, cheap option, dinosaur, cheap option, dinosaur, like we were doing for a while. And it, it's nice just to get a fresh take coming in. And yeah, I, I've been fairly impressed by him so far. And I think, yeah, the club deserve a little, only a little bit of credit because it's one decision they've got right over about 100. But you know, I, yeah, it seems to be sensible. Um, ben, on the, on the kind of um, the contract front, I think one of the things, I, I listened to the Radio Wales interview with Dalman on the morning of the announcement um, and uh, the press conference, sorry, and Dalman was very coy on the kind of contract length. Um, I think we've in, agreed an initial one-year deal with an option to extend. Um, what's, your, what's your sense on whether he'll stay after that first year? You know, over the last couple of years, we've been very quick to get rid of managers. Do you feel like this one's going to stick around? 
I feel like it was a smart move by the club to put the one-year deal in place with the option to extend. I think it's two-year two-year option, isn't it? At the end, yeah. So it, it, I think it goes to three years. Yeah, which I which think is quite an sense. odd way of doing it, isn't it? Because usually two years to one year instead of one yeah. year to two years. But given how it's all gone, I think it makes a lot of sense. This is like this can be a lot of changes and sort of pushing on to what Darman said. This it's going to be a lot of changes for Tan. Yeah. Um, it feels like he's gearing up to have one more go. I yeah. sort of feel like that at the moment. I know we've got the transfer embargo and stuff, so it's not going to be like heavy investment that way. But he's selling his other clubs. It feels like he wants to put more focus on Cardiff City, which can... Normally, you'd say that can only be a good thing. And then you realise it's Vincent Tan, and then you sort of feel like, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We'll see. I- I think that lends itself to why Dalman's more engaged as well, because I was, I was thinking about this at the time. You know, Dalman has got several million pounds loaned to the football club. If we go down, all of a sudden that money is in jeopardy, right? He's got big loans. If 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 we're not a success, how does he get that money back? So all of a sudden, you you, you think like you know, last season was so bad. We were staring down the trapdoor all season. Dalman's staring at the trapdoor of lost seven and a half, not eight million pounds, basically, and that's a lot of money to lose, no matter how rich you are. Um, and it feels like the whole club, to your point, Ben is gearing up for one last go, doesn't it? Yeah, it's that's what makes them sort of. Oh, they're bastards! See, this is what they do. They've got me excited. Like, was it last time I was on it? I don't <laughs> think about it. I don't want anything to do with them. And now they've got me going this, thinking that the more I think about, it, the more I go, "Fuck, we're going up, boys! We're going up!" It's, yeah, <laughs> get get the parade ready. There's no stopping us. Ugh. But yeah, um, it does feel that things this season really was. A wake up call, and I that think so. has to be a good thing. Um, Tom, how excited are you? Is the optimism back for you like it is for Ben? Yeah, I'm very fickle. It only takes me about three minutes normally for me to go from one way to the other. But I think, in terms of that timing of it, the one last push, I think if you look at the league last year, that would have been a brilliant time to do that one last push when you saw some of the teams who made the playoffs. You look at the league coming up this year, I'm not sure. I don't know, there's so many big clubs who've been doing similar things with bigger budgets. You know, I, I at this moment, I am, I'm quite excited for the season, but I would 100% take survival at this moment. Anyway, I'm not going to get too carried away. So, I know I am, I am excited. I'm already excited about pre-season and things like that. And I, I don't know, it's, it's hard not to get excited when there's something new on the horizon in a football club. Well, I won't be asking for predictions just yet. This is purely new manager <laughs> I'm not going to say who we can predict our league so I think we need a bit more time for that because um, I mean pre-season is the season's barely finished it's the Champions League final yesterday you know this, we, pre-season isn't for a little while um, you'd have to be a very stupid podcast that's desperate to push out content if you're already giving predictions of who's going up and who's going down before anyone's even signed anyone wouldn't you it, that feels like a, a dig then at somebody <laughs> I, I, I'm going full Mehmet Dalman here <laughs> oh, um, I mean, who? Who? I, I could be the journalist. Who are you digging at there, Ben? I fuck him second here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've got a question about those in the Twitter questions, so let's jump into the Twitter questions. We've had a lot of people getting in touch. Um, a lot of them along the same theme. Let's jump into them and it'll spark more conversation. So, first one, Mark Lewis Carter. Uh, regarding the comment that a new signing will help to sell six to seven thousand season tickets. Which three signings in our history do we think helped sell the most tickets, season tickets? I mean, there's three of us. I've got an answer, and then I'll give over to you guys for an answer. I think Bellamy, when we signed him on loan the first time. Easy one. 
Easy one. Easy one. Well, at least that's why I went first, because I take the easy one. Now it's over to you guys. I'll come to you next, Tom. Great. Um, Bellamy the other time. He sang twice, didn't he? He sang twice. Very good. I'll give you that one. Ben Price. Um, I honestly don't think we've had any other signings other than Bellamy that sort of made us sell season tickets. I don't think we... You can't really say... Like as cool as Gary Medell coming was, he's probably the next in line on that. Did he? Yeah, would he have really shifted many season tickets? Maybe Cav when he came in, but I think the club was already quite excited then. But in yeah, the last, go on. In the last fifteen years, especially, I think Bellamy's the only big name draw that would sell tickets. The only other one I could think of was Chopra when he came back, two thousand and nine, right? Because we had him in that 2005-2006 season, he went away and it was quite a big coup for him, for us to bring him back and, and we were opening the new stadium. So that combined could have caused a bit of excitement. I mean, Alex Ravel, obviously, um, <laughs> this be a big one. Javi Garcia. Um, you know, to when, be, you think of, to when you think about that summer under Solskjaer, when we signed people like Manga, when we signed Morrison, we signed Adam Lafondra, that was a transfer window that should have put excitement in for people, but it didn't because no one, want, you know, we just got relegated. Go on, Tom. I think the one that I remember getting really excited about was Kenny Miller. I yeah, remember I got being on Kenny holiday. Miller. Yeah, I was on holiday. I was on my lad's holiday after my A levels, I think. And I remember sitting there with a fan lemon looking at, get, trying to get over a hangover and seeing his name coming across the Vindy print on Sky Sports News. So I don't know. That's probably just me who got excited by Kenny Miller. I don't know, but that sticks out. Another another season was the FA Cup season when we signed Robbie Fowler, Trevor Sinclair, and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Oh yeah, um, true. Fowler, Fowler had an unveiling at the ground, which is pretty continental stuff. Yeah. Um, so that obviously had some excitement. Um, he's the, that's the only other names I can think of because yeah, before that it would have been people like Cav, maybe Kumas in two thousand and five. But I mean, I don't think he was. I don't think he was a draw. It was more what he did while he was at us. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I mean. Like that's true. It, you look back on it with nostalgia, but I don't think he Fowler's was a really good. Fowler's a really good show, actually. Yeah, probably him. Yeah. Um, Adam James, I'm looking for a cheap week in the sun. Any recommendations, lads? Looking to go during September? Um, ben, I, I was going to recommend Greece. Greece is always a good go. Lisbon, absolutely Lisbon. beautiful city, dirt cheap, and just stunning. it should be warm in September. Tom, any other recommendations? I, I tend to just go on, just yeah, just go on Skyscanner, but anywhere, anytime, and see what mad bastard destination comes up. I think that's always fun. Very good. Uh, Mark Blackmore, anything on a goalkeeping coach? I had a suspicion that a certain ex-goalkeeper, an ex-coach would make another return after a short spell elsewhere. Um, I think Bullet has said that he's bringing a goalkeeping coach um, at his press conference. It was that and a, a couple of others that were his staff that is coming along with him. Don't know who it is. Don't know where, where he's been before. I assume he's been with him at, at all these other clubs, but hopefully that 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 will be the, the, the person to fill that gap. Uh, Tom Lang, with the rumoured eight to 10 signings, Bullet is going to try and recruit. What positions would you strengthen? And with the three agents that are available, is there anyone in particular you'd go after that would be a starter for us? I mean, I'm so bad at this stuff. What area should we, um, what should we fill in, Ben? I think centre-back, left-back, and goalkeeper and striker are the main areas, really, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Tom, any advances on that? Yeah, but it pretty much feels like all, doesn't it? But we we do need they're definitely centre back. I think we we might be able to get away with keeper, but just because we have to, <laughs> but not because they're any good. But I think yeah, I think centre back definitely. Um, 
a striker is the obvious one. I would say creative midfielder or something, but I just want Colwell to come good. So I think you don't don't target that yet. But yeah, striker centre back. I've just gone on transfer market without the E um, and looked at what free agents are available. You know, Dalman's hinted at a big a big name signing. You've got James Rodriguez, Isco, um, Igalo, um, Danny Rose, always linked. Um, who else is on? I think we just need to sign Danny Rose just to get away from the fact that we'll be linked with getting Danny Rose if we don't. Yeah. He always gets mentioned. I mean, apart from that, it's slim pickings according to transfer market. Um, I can't see any names that are really interesting. And I don't know if you had that Isco. Oh, Joe Ingeberg gets on free. Remember him? <laughs> oh, Malmo did him off at last. Yeah. It, it, it would be funny if we did sign Isco. Um, he, can't, he, he was released, I think, at the end of the season. Um, yeah. Sam Hill. Bullet seems an ambitious manager and speaks well. Can his ambitions be met with our current transfer situation? Being fiery himself, Will he just combust when working with Tan and quit early? He talks about a possible return to the Premier League. What needs to be done for that to happen? Um, I mean, obviously, we, we talked about transfer situation, but Ben, that second point, you know, he does seem quite a fiery character. Does that worry you with Vincent Tan? Yeah, because I think what sort of come out from uh, Lamucci is Tan does not like being told what needs to happen. No. Um, Tan doesn't like home truths, and that could be a problem. Um, but but if it is, it shows exactly where he's at and shows that the regime isn't going to change. Uh, Tom Daniel Morgan asks, how many Ramsey shirts are we selling? Would you rather sign Bale out of retirement or Ramsey now? Ramsey now? I'm not, I'm not convinced by either signing, really, but oh, that sounds ridiculous out loud. I'd love either of them there. That was absolute bollocks. <laughs> no, I think yeah. Ramsey, like... I, I, we don't want Gareth Bale in our Ramsey. I'll, I'll stick with Shea Joe. It's fine. <laughs> I think, like, with Ramsey, he's, you know, he's just been appointed Wales captain. He's got not, not a point to prove, but he, I think he feels he has a point to prove. And if we did pull that off, it would be an unreal signing. Even if he only played, like, 60% of our games, just having, like, a pro like him around the club would be absolutely unbelievable. So I think, yeah, I'd rather Ramsey at this stage, even though obviously Gareth is an absolute hero. I'll come, well, obviously there's more time to talk about that. Uh, I think Gareth Bale's attitude to football was summed up yesterday. He was in Istanbul for a Champions League event and apparently he didn't stick around for the game. He flew home and was flying home to play golf instead of watching the game. Um, <laughs> he so... shifted the whole tour as well. Have you seen it? No. Just... He just set, set fires off. Um, he did an interview and he was asked, like, who's who do, who's the greatest player? Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, um, he said Messi, didn't he? And he went Messi. And apparently Ronaldo and followed it within, like, half an hour of the um, that interview going live. And I think he just does that now. What a bloke. I think that's good. That is what you should be doing in your retirement. Um, Sam Kirkby, what is a good season for Cardiff next year? I personally think that mid-table mediocrity would be a massive improvement. Ben, mid-table next season? I bite your hand off of that. Completely good. Simon Keane, how long could we sustain preseason optimism, August or September? Tom, I think we could go till September. Yeah, I'm feeling confident. I think you know we can blame you know new manager coming in, buying into a style and all that. We can we can definitely pad that out for about a month and a half, I reckon. So yeah, I'll go September. See, uh, I disagree with this. I reckon this is where the club sort of shot themselves in the foot. Because if that if that signing to put seven thousand seats uh, people in season tickets is Danny Rose. 
then that goodwill's gone straight away. <laughs> it's only six thousand. It's only six thousand extra seats needed because we can only sell eighteen thousand, and we've sold twelve. Oh, so, Danny Rose, fourteen now, isn't it? Is it fourteen? I haven't seen any updated numbers. So if it's fourteen, then it's only four thousand left. So Danny Rose would probably do four thousand. Um, Oliver Reese, try not to get too excited like last summer, but I think we have the potential to surprise a few next season. We also have the potential to be relegated by March. I really think it will go either way, and we don't have quiet seasons. But I snap your hand off the 21st right now. Um, two questions from David. What key areas do you think Bullet should look to improve? Also, what do you think of all the slide digs from Talman about Tanger in the press conference? Obviously, discuss the first one. Um, Ben, let's talk about those slide digs a little bit more. Um, I know you're a fan of a slide dig. I think my favourite one that I heard that wasn't in the press conference was Dalman's interview with BBC Radio Wales uh, in the morning, where they said, I think Ian Hunt was the presenter, and he said, uh, Mehmet, you say that we've never had a manager like Errol before. Um, what do you mean by that? And I think Mehmet Dalman's answer was, well, Cardiff has never had an owner like Vincent Tan before, um, which means so much and so little at the same time. Um, but what were your favourite digs? From the press conference. It, mine was um, where he said, Vincent thinks he knows about football, didn't say anything, and just did a small hand gesture. Just sort of <laughs> flipped his hands out to say that. And that, <laughs> that really made me laugh. For, for, I, for, we, we don't have video either. So um, anyone, do, you, the hand gesture that Ben did was kind of like a, an exasperated palms open out to the crowd style yeah. hand gesture. That was just uh, brilliant. Tom, any, any slide digs that stood out to you? No side digs or such. It's just his kind of play acting that he's doing in the press conferences now with uh, him and Ken Chu. I think that was kind of coordinated that, oh, you shouldn't be saying that about the oh, yeah, yeah, the kind yeah. of signing thing, isn't it? Like, I kind of, it's nice to see them having a bit of fun now. It could backfire very quickly. But I think just, yeah, it's just nice to see a little bit of energy um, in there. I don't know whether he's trying to, build his reputation back up before he tries to buy another club or something again but at the moment I'll take it for genuine passion about getting involved in our project again well, Imagine this is the biggest double bluff ever right and then on, on the transfer deadline day he's got hold of the Twitter account goes something special's come in and then just resigns and the special announcement is him just flicking the V's up everyone going ah you believe <laughs> me you believe me I would, I would enjoy that either way. I think it would be quite funny. That'd be quite funny. Um, someone sharing your cynicism, Tom. Matt Davis, did Alman and Chu put a show on in that press conference to entice more season ticket sales? Or am I a complete and utter cynic who doesn't want to get overly excited? It, it remains to be seen. Uh, Sean Collins, key for return on the cards. Would be silly not to. We'll get into the rumour talk shortly. Um, Rob Jones, not a question, but talk about the fact that Ramsey would be a nice signing, but realistically, we'd only be getting 10 games out of him. I looked this up. Played 27 games in the league this year for Nice, which is quite a nice statistic. <laughs> and he played seven in the cup. So it was about 34 games overall. Um, ben, how many games do you think we would get out of Ramsey if he did so? I think 10 is harsh. I think he'd probably play 25 to 30, maybe not all starts. Yeah, I reckon if you got 30 games at Rams. How many did Bellamy play the first year he was with us? I think he was about 30. Was about 30. Yeah, because so he, like, he had a special regime, didn't he? He couldn't play yeah, two so games in a week. Yeah, like that would be, just for his experience and what he brings to the club off the pitch as well, would be huge. Um, I find it, I, find, like, I know we're going to come to the rumours now, but I find like people dismissing Ramsey as if like we shouldn't be signing him. I find that fucking mental. If we can <laughs> sign at our level, the chance of signing someone like Aaron Ramsey, we should be biting their fucking hands off for it. I don't know what people read about that. It's just bizarre. Tom, do you think if we signed Lionel Messi now, I know he's going to into Miami, people would go, oh, he's a bit old, isn't he? 
Cardiff fans would anyway. Yeah, I think oh, he's not he's not here for the right reason. You'll get all that, you know. Oh, his English isn't great. Yeah. Um, his, his Welsh isn't great. No, I just I feel like <laughs> I, I, I can imagine there's a definite section of our fans who will moan at anything, but I kind of get it because we've had so much shit come from our club in the past that I think that you'd be daft not to have a little bit of a cynical either edge to your thoughts when you're thinking about anyone signing for us. Yeah. Uh, ben Moore says, is Des Kelly getting Gundogan to sign his press armband live on TV the worst thing you've ever seen? I kind of thought it was... Tom, you're going to jump in there. I know, I was just readjusting my hat. Oh, but, um... It sounded like you were about to say something. <laughs> I'd, I thought, I just thought it was quite nice. I like it was it. the most enjoyable bit of BT uh, yeah. Sport coverage, because otherwise it was fucking horrendous. So yeah, it, it was I awful. quite like that. It was awful, the whole coverage. He He's, saw his chance, I... he took it. I got I no saw... problem with that. I saw someone say, I didn't really, I was in a pub watching it, so I didn't really listen to, I didn't pay attention to much of the stuff, but they said something about Balotelli was like, they paid him thousands of pounds to be there and he barely said a fucking thing. And like Jake Humphrey said that live on air. It's like, we paid you thousands of pounds and you can't even answer a question. Like, like it just, it sounds like they just spent so much money on all this talent and it was all wasted because you've got Jake Humphrey presenting it. He was the biggest fucking cock in TV. Like he invented this medium of podcast and we should be thankful to him. Also, high performance. The guy is very low performance. Uh, Gareth Dunning, a clear power shift is happening. Will this be Dalman's club, not Tan's, or will Tan bite back? But the comments in Dalman getting the manager he wanted seems like something must give. Is this healthy or not? Um, Tom, we've already kind of touched upon it. Um, But it does feel like Dalman's making these kind of overtures to be in more control of the club. Does that, to that point, will Tan bite back? I mean, if something happens that he doesn't like, he could just knife him in the back, couldn't he, metaphorically? I don't know, can he, though? Because he's got so much money in the club as well himself, Dalman. I'm not sure you can just knife him in the back. I think... You you can remove him from his position, but the money would still be owed to him. Yeah, yeah. I think it's never going to be like a clean break, though, is it? I think he'll always be around. And I think in terms of that kind of power shifting, it might not necessarily be a bad thing because... Vincent Tan has zero knowledge about football. Dalman doesn't seem to have a huge amount, but it's not yeah. less than Tan. So it's kind of the lesser of two evils, but I don't trust Dalman. So, you know, I'm not going to... I, I, you know, let's see how it plays out because I, I can't second guess what's going to happen with these people because they're fucking charlatans most of the time. Uh, ben, here's one for you. Kieran Packer, do we honestly believe that we are going to buy someone who will put an extra three or 4,000 season tickets on seats? Do you honestly believe we will, Ben? Danny Rose. Is it Danny Rose? We can't buy anyone for a transfer embargo, so he's oh, actually wrong there. Sign someone. No, I, I, I don't think I don't think we will. If we've already sold 14,000 season tickets, which, given the it's season a, we've just had, is unbelievable support that the club do not deserve. Um, yeah, I think that it's the best bit of market in the clubs that have done in years, and it came from... Dalman, it's wild. Um, talking of that front, uh, let me just find the question. Rodri said, why does Ryan from the second tier podcast look like he need a wash? Find it stupid to go down before the transfer window is opened and the ball hasn't been kicked yet. Um, on that point, Ben, um, you know, we like the second tier. We've appeared on the second tier. We have a good relationship with the second tier. I don't believe they have an agenda against Cardiff, but the thing I found weirdest about what they've done in preseason is talking about like the PR push from Dalman. And it's like, 
of course he's going to do a PR push. We need to sell season tickets in the summer. We've had a shocking season last year. We've just hired a new manager. What's he going to do? Sit there and go, this guy's a joke. Don't buy a season ticket. Nothing exciting is going to happen. Like We need bums on seats to keep the club sustained. We need to sell season tickets. So to criticise the club for doing a PR push is something I found quite odd. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know what they expect. Like I've seen... And it's, it doesn't just extend to the second tier. It extends to, um, I've seen fans on Twitter saying, why are they pushing season tickets so hard? It's like, well, they're pushing season tickets because they need to sell them. Have you not like, seen our accounts? Yeah, we've not seen our accounts. We, we, we haven't got much money. And an easy way of getting money in is by selling season tickets. You don't get a lot of money in, but you get money in and you get attendances through the door. Tommy, but I think it's because, I think it's, yeah, because in the past they've done fuck all. So I kind of get where people are coming from. It's, I don't think it's the fact that they, you know, it's normal to jump for season tickets, but in the past they haven't done any of this. They haven't pushed anything. And I but think it, it's more to do I, the I, same. I, they have pushed season tickets in the past. They've always yeah, I think it's just like in the past. But it's the nature of the rev, Revolution. Do you not remember that? Revolution. Yes, yeah, thank you for running that. That'll make me feel physically <laughs> sick. Um, but no, I think it's just the nature of it. I think we're, we were all taken aback by it, right? Like the nature of that press sure. conference and stuff. And I think that's all it is. I, I don't think it's the fact that they're doing one in, in the first place. And, and by the way, it is 12,000 season tickets. It turns out I can't read. So, <laughs> I, so but um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I get what people are saying. I get why people are moaning about it because it's just that lack of trust coming back again, isn't it? It's like, why now? Like, why are we doing this now? Why, why in a different way to what we've done in the past? I think I, I get why we're getting criticism from elsewhere because as a club, we kind of deserve it. Revolution. Revolution. That's it. Fucking hell. It was so bad. Um, golf dweeb. After the bail debacle last year, I don't want to hear about anyone talking about Ramsey until his name is on the dotted line. Not again. Uh oh. Uh, Lee Sanders are the headline writers of the South Wales media already prepping their sacking headlines for November as they've been given the greatest headline pun gift of all Errol gets the bullet he wasn't a silver bullet easy it writes itself the common bluebird seems to be new enthusiasm from Dalman along with some sass is Dalman simply excited he got listened to or is he trying to get more control over the club he didn't seem to be talking like he could easily be removed for saying the wrong thing something going on backstage I think he's I think he just realises that he probably needs to be more involved doesn't he and I think He's got a lot of money riding on this, and if if he doesn't rate Tan's football acumen, then he's got to step in and try and do a bit better. Uh, Diff MJ, do you think we're heading towards a Dalman Chu transition from Tan, which explains why they found new motivation, or are we heading towards the end of the regime with Tan selling his other clubs and giving it one last financial push now, and that has re-energized Dalman and Chu? Um, ben, do you ever see a, a, a position where Tan is more like a silent owner? Obviously, you see at other clubs, they, you know, they're happy to put the money in and they, they delegate to other people. I thought that's what he was doing with Dalman and Chu in recent years, but obviously we've seen with decision-making, Tan is still very much involved. Do you see if Tan's winding down in some capacity, will he hand over more control to Dalman and Chu or is it just a false dawn? I think Tan's incapable of giving up total control. I think that's sort of what I think is probably the biggest frustration with Dalman that sort of coming yeah. out is... He has to be that guy that micromanages every little detail. Um, it has to be his way. Um, basically, he's a rich bald kid that hasn't heard no enough. Yeah. And that's where the frustrations are. So, no, I don't think we'll ever see a better thing with Tan just goes, go on, lads, you do it. I trust you. You crack on. Um, John T.M. Williams, who would you share your last roller with? Joe Rawls. Um, and should we keep Sol and in what role? Um, Tom, do you see Sol Bamba sticking around? 
I don't know. I think this feels like a bit of a, I don't know, whole new management team and stuff coming in. I think for Saul's sake, I think it's better for him to get out. I think it's really good that he didn't end up being manager because I think, considering how much of a club legend he is, like none of the fans really wanted it. And I, I, I think it's time for him to maybe step away for a bit. I wouldn't, I'd wouldn't. i love him to still be in and around the club and come in on, as an ambassador on certain days and things like that. I'm not saying completely escape us, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I see him hanging around as part of the managerial setup, but this complete new, you know, setup coming in. Sounds like you are saying we should get rid of him. Uh, and Bluebird's pass. What was your favourite passive aggressive moment of Darwin's attitude towards Tan in a recent press conference? I think we've already covered that. George L CCFC, and this is a lovely transition into the next part. Have Tom Sang and Connor Wickham been hard done by? Um, I'm going to change the order. Let's talk about retained list first, and then we'll go into the rumours, because you have to get rid of players before you can sign them, lads. That's the truth. Um, Tom, any surprises in the retained list? No, not particularly. I think it was pretty bog standard, wasn't it? I think, I don't think the people who've been let go have got too much to kind of complain about. And I don't think there's that. We, we, we still need bodies in that squad. So even some of the names that we haven't been that excited by, it makes sense keeping them, some of them around. So no, nothing nothing major from me. Ben, as uh, president of the Mark Harris fan club, you must be cock-a-hoop. <laughs> um, he's been offered a new deal. Um, we've seen nothing confirmed whether he's signing it or whatever else, but um, he's sticking around, isn't he? And that's uh, obviously a good thing for your business. Yeah, delighted. Look, as far as I'm concerned, I, those, those t-shirts I've had ordered that are due to arrive any day now could have been money pissed up against the wall, to be honest. So, yeah, he needs to sign the thing and just sort of, I can sleep again because Mark Harris is winning the Ballon d'Or at some stage. It just needs to be in a Cardiff City shirt. Um, the other other people we offered contracts to, uh, Joel Baggin, uh, Eli King. Um, Tom, we saw Sabri Lamucci talking about kind of Baggin urging him to sign a new deal, whether he was going to stick around and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of now or never with these players, isn't it? You know, they've been in and around the first team for a couple of years. Same with people like Oli Denner. Um, obviously, he wasn't on the, unnecessarily on the retained list because his contract wasn't up. They need to start making inroads into the first team and stay in there, really. Otherwise, they're, they're not going to be around for long, are they? No, exactly. And especially when we've been struggling so badly over the last season or two. You know, you think that's the ideal opportunity for some of these players to come through and they stake a claim. So I think, yeah, the time is ticking a little bit with it. Like, Joe Bargain's one of those players that, if he was retained or let go, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I think I haven't been completely convinced by him and I wouldn't be surprised even next season if he sent that on loan because I, I just still don't think he's quite strong enough for us. So yeah, I think you saw Joe Baggin on one side and you've got Tom Sang on the other. You could easily have flipped those two over and I don't think anyone would have really complained about it. Uh, ben, one of the players that has left that I think a lot of people were disappointed to see go was Tom Sang. Um, you know, he's... He's always performed admirably when he's come in, whether that's at fullback, central midfield. Um, obviously, there was a bit of, I think, a falling out between him and Morrison when Morrison became manager about what his best position was and, and he kind of suffered from there. Um, he's a victim of his own versatility, really, isn't he? Because he's a good footballer. There's a really good footballer in there. Always been impressed by him, but he's never been able to nail down a slot, has he? Yeah, very. I think it's Matty Conley syndrome, isn't it? So mm. it covers a lot of positions, does a lot of jobs well. But he's never sort of been a starter, which I think is a real big shame. Because I th- like you said, there's a really, really good footballer there. Um, and I think for him, the best thing probably is that he's not sticking around. He'll go, he might have to drop down to League One, but he'll put a run together. And I, I, I don't think it'll be long before we see Tom Sang back in the Championship playing like week in, week out. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where he ends up. Um, you know, I think 
Plymouth are, are looking at young players, and I think they've been linked with Baggin. There was a rumour linking us to Baggin. Shout out Aaron Hocking. Um, so maybe he he'll end up somewhere like that. Um, I don't, you know, he could end up anywhere. Um, and then the other player to leave, uh, Tom Connor Wickham. Uh, what a fucking waste of time that was. Joking, he scored a couple of really important goals at Blackpool, but he didn't really do much else. Um, disappointed to see him go, or happy? I think he'd be one of those players that forgot played for us in about six years' time. It's one of those that I, I didn't see him hanging around, and quite glad he's not really. I think as one of the older heads in the squad, he didn't seem to be the right type of older head for the squad that we had. I think we need people with a bit more maturity. I think I got balloons after losing to Swansea and posted it on their Instagram. Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that. Really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think. You know, you're, you're looking for older players in the squad and he wasn't the one that I'd want to keep around. So I, I don't think he's any great loss to us at all. Um, now, on to the rumours. Um, ben, we've already talked about it already, but let's get the elephant out of the room um, if he's still here. Obviously, the talking point from that press conference was Dalman promising a big signing or a couple of announcements that would put more season ticket sales um, You know, on the numbers that we've already got. The internet... Twitter, whatever, has been awash with rumours. Um, some make sense, some don't. The big one to talk about, the big room to talk about, is Aaron Ramsey. Um, ben, we've been here before. Last summer was the summer of Bale, where it was for all the world happening. Didn't happen. He went to LA, then quit football. Do you think there's... And this is the, the, the starting point for the question. Do you think there is any possibility that Aaron Ramsey signs for us this summer? I think there's always a chance. But I'm not getting too excited about it just yet there i'll spend time where i'm going flat out yeah it's 100 percent. it's happening especially after that press conference you sort of when you're all excited about those words everything lined up beautifully for it to be him yeah. and you saw forums and sort of tweeters sort of everyone sort of taking it and just going yeah they knew stuff that was happening and ramsey's definitely coming home um we don't know no one knows there's probably like six or seven people that know um, until that big sign is holding the shirt. I'm not going to get too excited, but I I would love for it to be Aaron Ramsey. Tom, do you think there's any hope it's Aaron Ramsey? Pretty much the same answer. There's always hope. Um, but it's a classic case of, you know, people just plucking a name of a former player, Welsh international, and just linking it to us. I'd, I'd love it to happen. He was at the Coldplay concert in, in, in the Principality, so he, he must be signing for us. But, no, I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not being burned by this again. I can't do the whole Bale saga again. I'll get all upset. So I'm, not, I'm trying not to think about it too much because all right, it'd, it'd be a dream signing. I'll, I'll move... I won't ask you this question, but I'll ask Ben this question. Ben, if it is... You know, you wake up on, I don't know, next Thursday and it's got... The, the Cardiff City Twitter account tweets um, Wales emoji, home emoji, and a pen emoji, and it does turn out to be Aaron Ramsey. What is the first thing you're going to do after that? Oh, I'm going to do like a giddy little squeal. <laughs> it will be Bellamy esque, won't it? It'll be that moment we signed. But like, I I still remember where, where I was yeah, when we same. signed Bellamy. Um, I was in yeah. work and I was bouncing like. Yeah, getting, I was getting told off for being on my phone while working, but I was like, "No, we've just signed Bellamy, shut off." Yeah, um, it'll be that all over again. Um, Tom, will you streak? 
Uh, my way full kit. No, let's not start that again. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd be so I'd be so happy if that happened. Don't get me wrong. What? Who do you reckon the worst Welsh player that could be if they did Wales? Well, pedagogy. So the other one I was thinking of, I thought about this. I said Johnny Williams. <laughs> you know, because he played for us <laughs> under Mick McCarthy, never replayed. Really he's left Swindon, not really sure what he's doing. Wales home pen emoji. It could work for Johnny Williams. It could work for Johnny Williams. Um, and morale. I wouldn't be mad about it. I wouldn't be angry about it. If it's not if it's not that, then it could be... I'm trying to think of what other Cardiff players... You know, James Waite, who's now at Newport. Um, <laughs> I have no idea, really, who else... Like, And I think that's what I keep coming back to about this signing. You know, we could talk about some of the other names it could be logically, it makes sense for Ramsey, right? Because his contract is up at Nice. I think there's talk of an extension or he had the, he had an extension patterned into his contract, but it hasn't quite been activated yet. He wasn't on their release list like Joe Bryan and, and Ross Barkley were. Could it be Ross Barkley? Um, it won't be Ross Barkley. Um, so it does make sense, but I'm just, I can't let myself get excited about it because it's almost too logical and therefore that doesn't work for Cardiff City. Um, the bail one was to all all logic, wasn't it? It made so much sense for, for it to be bail last year that we were yeah. sign. And then, yeah, he filmed the announcement video for LA at our training ground. Well, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, and the stories that I've been told is that it, it was all lined up for bail to sign. It just, LA came in at the last minute. I genuinely don't think they knew it was bail wasn't signed until he turned up at the Hensel Castle with an LAFC shirt, and then they realised when they looked out the window that he was filming that. I think that yeah, was I when think they that's probably, yeah. Um Let's talk about some of the other names that it could be on this big-name signing. Um, Tom, I've got a couple of names here, the first one being Kiefer Moore. Um, this is less logical because he's not on a free transfer. He's still contracted at Bournemouth. Has Didn't play much towards the end of the season, but still you know, was in and around the squad. Would be looking for game time ahead of the Euros next year. Um, could come back on loan. There may be money owed from Bournemouth for him that we could, you know, work some deal with. I don't know the ins and outs of it. Would, you know, would you do you think Kiefer Moore would be that level of signing that puts names, uh, puts season ticket sales on on seats? I I don't think to the level of what we're thinking. Ramsey is Kiefer Moore isn't quite there, but it definitely would raise expectation levels and excitement. There's no doubt. We're in such a unique situation with like being like a Welsh club in an English exactly. sector with players playing for an international team who play, like, who train in the same area. It, like, it doesn't happen. And it does give us a slight advantage. So signings like Ramsey and Moore kind of make sense to us, but it wouldn't make sense to another championship club. So, like, that's why I get overexcited about this. And, you know, obviously you've got the Welsh bias and stuff as well. But I, I can see both of them happening. I think they're both, like, slim odds at the moment. But I'd love to see Kiefer Moore back. Like, look at the goals he got for us. And we didn't get to see him much in the Cardiff shape because of COVID, you know, as well. Like, I'd love to see more of him playing for Cardiff. So I'd, I'd welcome him back with arms, definitely. And then, Ben, the other name that keeps kind of getting floated around is Nathan Redmond. I think this is the least logical of them all. Um, he played at Besiktas up until this summer on a free transfer. Um, I mean, he's a good player, isn't he? But he's not... 4,000 season ticket on the total kind of player, is he? No, like if he'd be a hell of a sign if you could pick him up in the championship. Um, yeah. I think he did all right at Besiktas last year as well. Like, like he's had a decent time out in Turkey. Um, but yeah, like you said, he's not going to add that number to season ticket sales. Um, yeah, but Christ, I, I'd be buzzing if we signed him as well, like realistically though. Five goals, five assists <laughs> last year in Turkey over 25 games. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not bad, is it? No, Tommy, but, but it's classic. 
Yeah, yeah. It's just like classic nowadays. We've got a Turkish manager. Our signings have got to come from Turkey, isn't it? And it's just it's all oh, as muzzy as it has been seen walking around the centre of Cardiff. It's just like <laughs> I think the good thing about this is I don't think there are any strong rumours at the moment. Like it's the same as the manager thing. People are looking for, yeah. you know murmurings and stuff like that and I, I'm quite happy with the fact that we haven't got any rumours you go in news now and look search card of city and nothing's really coming up so I'm more than happy not being able to fill this with genuine rumours at the moment at this stage well there are two rumours the there's one rumour we were linked with uh, again another player in Turkey but for £7 million um, and he played I think for Trasbonspor and it's like well we can't sign a player for money so therefore that is definitely not happening and then the other rumour is that Ruben Rodriguez from Notts County, um, I think he's a young Portuguese player, um, had a decent season last year for Notts County, but in every game I watched him, he seemed to miss a sitter. Um, but Ben, he kind of fits the bill on a free, you know, low risk. But we tried that with Oli Tanner last year and I still don't know where he is. Um, if we signed Ruben Rodriguez, would you be disappointed? I don't, Again, I don't know enough about him, but um, it's not one that's going to get me massively excited. Um, I think from what I've read, it sounds like he's league one banged, but I think that's the sort of player we should be, I think we should be expecting more of than the Ramsey signings, to be honest, the way this, uh, this summer's going to go, I think. I'm surprised we haven't been linked with Regan Poole too much just yet, but I think Sheffield Wednesday after him. Tom, is there any, any players you've seen on the free that we want that you'd like? No. I like. I genuinely. I don't. I don't even get bot, like started into this. Like, who? Who? Do, I shouldn't really do a podcast like but I don't even look into these things. But no, like, I, I don't bother with it. And I look at there's so many players across Europe that we could take, but we, we tend to just concentrate on teams we know around us. So like, every time I get asked this question, I just name a random Welsh player because I know them. And right. it's, the thing is, like, no, a Ramsey. No, like. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, like, we need players in, and I think that's the exciting thing about having a manager from elsewhere. We now might open up a pool of players that we haven't thought about before. So I'm looking forward to, like, seeing who we end up with, and I'm not going to even bother trying to guess. Well, uh, there is one player who's on a free this summer who, I'm amazed, has yet to play for us, Um, and that's Charlie Austin. Um, I think he... (laughs) Oh, no, wait, he says he signed a new deal with Swindon, yeah. Fuck's sake, there we go, ignore that. One article says he's released, one article says he's uh, We won't be signing Charlie Austin, a shame. It could have all happened, finally, he could have come to us. Um, right, going to do a Wikipedia nugget. I've got to give a shout out to Lewis Casey, Lee Johnson and Jim Layden, who listened to the podcast and said they were surprised it wasn't my full-time job doing this podcast. Um, bless you, boys. <laughs> um, there's no money in this shit. My <laughs> um, friend of a friend. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, and thanks to everyone who, weirdly, as soon as we announced that we would hire a new manager, I think a lot of people's first response was, um, where's the pod? Emergency pod. We need a pod. So thank you, but also give us a break because we don't know who the fuck we had as a manager. We've had to spend a week trying to figure it out. We still don't know. Um, There's a lot of Googling going on back behind the scenes for this. Yeah, and yeah, not a lot of learning because I've learned nothing. <laughs> Um, right, Wikipedia Nugget, then we'll talk about uh, some surprising news this week from a Cardiff City alumni. Um, bit of a different twist on the Wikipedia Nugget this week. Um, but a player's dad, who is a licensed agent, um, in 2005, this player's dad negotiated what was believed to be the first image rights deal outside the Premier League when Lee Trundle signed an agreement with Swansea City, then of the Football League, League One. 
whose dad brokered that deal in 2005? Uh, I mean... I knew the image right thing. I knew it was Trundle. I was like, why why are we going down this path? There's a link then... there's a link to this what we've talked about in this podcast. Is it Errol Bullock's Which... dad? It's not Errol Bullock's dad. <laughs> um, it's 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 one of our players in the last couple of years is dad. Come on, Who do we some mention? talking Who to make it, you know, come on, talk it through, lads. This doesn't look great <laughs> podcasting when you're silent. Did Joe Ingerberger's dad negotiate the image right deal? <laughs> You've had two guesses there, Ben. Two guesses, and you're so far off. <laughs> no shit. I thought they'd do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, Ruben Colwell. <laughs> uh, is that your actual guess? Do you want? Do you want one final oh, guess between you? I don't know. Um, God, Ben, I, I trust you with it. I wouldn't trust me because all I'm thinking is who was that lad that we signed? My head instantly went Gabriel Tamas, and it definitely ain't him. Oh, who's it gonna be? Let's go, Ruben Carwell. Go on. No, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be that. that, that... Five, oh. four, three, two, one. Joe Mason. Jesus, we haven't mentioned <laughs> Joe Mason in this podcast. Are we not? Uh, On this podcast, Sang- oh. Tom Sang's dad. I've never got, even though we mentioned him four times. He played (laughs) alongside Lee Trundle at Chorley in 1998, then became an agent. I should have known that. Fucking hell, boys. That's 1 0 to me, and we haven't even started the season yet on Wikipedia Nuggets. That's the worst thing. It's not one of your more obscure ones. No. But there we go. Anyway, right, let's round off the podcast talking about how the mighty have fallen. Um, he could have been Cardiff City manager this summer, but he's ended up at Hornchurch. It's Steve Morrison. He's only got one R, and now he's not even got a professional football club to manage. Um, ben, how surprised were you to learn that Steve Morrison was an urchin? Because I didn't know. Almost, I didn't know almost as surprised as he was <laughs> in that picture. Yeah, he does look quite pretty shocked. Um, fuming. Um, are you surprised he hasn't got a foot? You know. If rumours were to be believed that it was Tan's first choice for the summer was Steve Morrison, are you surprised that he hasn't got a job somewhere else in the Football League or at least the conference? Given sort of other bits that have come out about his personality, no. Um, I think we're the only club stupid enough to bring him on. Um, yeah, the fact he's gone down that far doesn't surprise me. Um, he's not a nice bloke. <laughs> he doesn't treat people well. Um, I think he's got exactly what he deserves. Right, uh, Tom, um, Hornchurch or Cardiff, who would you manage at this stage? Who would I manage? Yeah, just you know, think if you're thinking of Steve Morrison's brain process, probably not much. Oh, right, if I was Steve Morrison, who would I manage? Yeah, yeah. well, I'd probably say Cardiff to be fair. It's like, it, it, I don't know why, probably the nine divisions between the two clubs, I don't know, but I think did it actually say as well, like the only reason they didn't announce him earlier. As manager was because he came back into negotiations with. He was, he was in an was actually... conversation with Cardiff. Yeah, so that that was from the uh, the chairman. Uh, Morrison didn't say that. He didn't confirm it. But yeah, the chairman was like, "We would have announced this sooner." But Cardiff City came calling, and that complicated things. That is quite, you know, if you're if you're Hornchurch Football Club, it's like you're competing all of a sudden with a Championship Football Club in another country for a manager. Um, I can't imagine it complicated complicated things that much though for Steve. If it's the case of Cardiff or Hornchurch, yeah, hang on, lads. Well, listen, you might you might crave the part-time nature of being a Hornchurch manager. 
Um, they've got a football ground with a running track around it. Quite a nice clubhouse. Maybe that's what he was going for. I don't suppose Cardiff has a nice clubhouse, does it? It's just got food food halls. <laughs> They're getting done up this summer, I think. That bloody time. Are they? Um, I, I shouldn't have said that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, genuine exclusive being dropped at uh, 59 minutes on the podcast, um, which we'll just gloss over before we end. Um, Tom, um, how long do you think Morrison's going to last at Hornchurch, knowing what you know about that division? Uh, probably three months. He'll piss people off, people will leave the club, and he'll end up just leaving there. Like, He's not a nice bloke. He'll end up managing like a prison team or something, I think, because I just I just can't see him being a long-term manager. I just I also, he's too spiky. I also think part of the issue is gonna be is that Hornchurch have big expectations. They got, I think, playoff final last season. I think they missed out in the playoff quarter uh, semi-final this season. They were top for most of the year in in the in the Ishmael division. Um their expectations are gonna be going up this year. And hiring someone like Steve Morrison from nine levels above you is going to set their expectations even higher. I mean, if they're hiring someone like Morrison, you think there's some money there. The money at that level veers from the ridiculous that are frankly uh, unsustainable. If after a couple of months things aren't going his way, the crowd could turn on him. He could turn on himself and easily walk out the door. Um, it feels like he wants the best of both worlds to do Sky and also keep his, his kind of finger in, in the management pie, as it were. But I just... At that level, if you don't know how to manage part-time footballers and, and, and manage their time and manage the way they play, it's, it's going to be really difficult. You don't have every day with them like you do at Cardiff City. You have them his, once or twice a week. His issue is, I don't think he can accept standards below like sort of what the he wants. he's at. Yeah. yeah. And you've yeah. got part-time footballers that aren't, that are, what are they, not, is it level 9 or level 12, something like that? It's it's one it's one below the National League South. So it's like um yeah, it's like step, it's tier three, level eight, level nine. I can never remember yeah, how they, it's they a zero drop from like what you're used to dealing with. I don't think he's got the personality to encourage and develop in that way. Um I think he's just gonna get too pissed off, upset someone, and yeah. Like he's just he's just a head case that's got problems that sort of just looks to cause problems. It's, it's going to end in tears. It's going to end with a viral clip of him punching another manager. Fingers crossed. Think, That'd be funny. I think, like, if you're looking for positives from it, it's like he played in the likes of like Bishop Stortford and stuff like that. So he kind yeah. of knows lower. He knows level. that level. And perhaps him being around players less because they're part time is a good thing. So it may last a little bit longer. But and he, he just, have less, he'll have less press scrutiny than he had here, right? Because you won't be doing daily or weekly press conferences. It's it's much more insulated from that. He'll slag off fans yeah, exactly. places. Fair play. He he at that level, he can literally spend an hour after the game going round and calling every fan an arse. Well, exactly. Well, you know, Hornchurch do get quite big crowds. I went last year to watch um, them play Candy Island. Uh, Candy Island beat them three one. That's Charlie Edwards' Candy Island beat them three one, and they get sort of 15, 1,500, 2,000 crowds down at Hornchurch. So they get big numbers. Um, it's not like other non-league games I've been to where there's 12 people there and you literally do know everyone. Um, right, so let's sweepstake on when he gets when he quits the job. Ben, when are you going? Sort of October, September, October? I'll go second week in September. Tom? 12th of October. All right, I'll go. I think he'll last until November, but he'll be gone until November. Woohoo, why Clef Sean? Um, right. 
first podcast of the new season or is this is this like the hinterland podcast i don't really know but it's in the can we've done a good job i think we've given the people what they wanted tom are you more educated now about errol bullet than you ever were before no um and i still think i'm getting warmed up for the season i think the, i was a bit laggy in this podcast so i'm gonna do some more reading on bullet before we, we get going properly uh, bullet for your Valentine, Ben. Um, what do you think? What do you make of your own performance? Tom's like critical of himself there. I thought you did a good job, Ben. I think we were all all right. Um, look, it's going to be a bit ropey with a few weeks off. It's, it's not hot. a lot to get. It's very warm. It's very muggy. Um, yeah, look, I, I think you've been harsh on yourself, Tom. I think we did let yourself down. Was ten minutes before the podcast we go to record the podcast, you had to ask how we pronounced his surname. But yeah. other than that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just want to get it right. I'm thorough. That's all it is. Thank you very much. If anyone is wondering, if anyone is wondering um, how to pronounce it, because I think, to Tom's point, we haven't heard many people say it. I've seen it written down a lot, but I haven't heard many people say it. Um, if you just go on YouTube and search Turkish name Bullet, there is a lovely pronunciation video that will teach you how to do it. Probably still not getting it right ourselves, but I think pre-season, I think we've got to learn more about Errol. We've got to learn how to pronounce his name. Um, and we've got to learn how to temper our excitement over the potential Aaron Ramsey deal. But if you stuck it out all this way to the end, thank you very much for listening and joining us for this first of the new season, I guess, podcast. And we'll be back. Uh, I don't know when. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. Sports Social Podcast Network.